0: Welcome and thank you for joining us to this unnumbered episode of I Dotted It with Dollamore. I am your host, as always, Jesse Dollamore, and sitting across from me in a big pool of sick, still sick, my lovely co-host, yet sniffly with a 50-year-old smoker's voice, Brittany Page.
1: Still sick, but getting better. <laughs>
0: doesn't sound. It doesn't sound like it.
1: Okay, well... I'm telling the truth. I am telling the truth.
0: If if a bag of wet, soggy, smashed oh assholes had a sound, <laughs> it would be you. That would be the sound that you're making right now. Yeah,
1: I, I'm not arguing with you about that. I sound horrible.
0: I could go outside on the sidewalk, throw a rock, and find any random mm-hmm. who could probably come in and sound better. Wow, I'm really mean right now, huh? That's
1: okay. No, you're just telling the truth.
0: Wake up early in the morning, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, and a total dick. Listen, everybody. This is, we want to kind of give you a flavor, and I guess, look, who am I? I'm going to tell you the truth. Absolutely. That this is kind of a a mechanism, maybe a vehicle by which we get more supporters on Patreon. We're going to release this. This is what we plan to do a lot of this coming year. Uh, For bonus episodes, for free bonus Patreon content. Today, we're going to talk about Jesus and the candidates, I guess. We've talked on previous episodes about the fact that many, many of these candidates are pandering on both sides of the aisle. Yes. Obviously, more so on the Republican side. Mm Mm-hmm. On previous episodes, we have talked about, we played a clip where there's a guy in Iowa who is asking questions of the candidates and we played the Marco Rubio one and he has gone out and he's doing yeoman's work and he has asked questions
1: of all the candidates.
0: Right. That's right. And, but here is his exchange with Ben Carson, the sleepy, sleepy Ben Carson.
2: Thank you for attending. Um, I'm an atheist voter. I'm not planted here. I am born and raised in Iowa. I have a question about how your faith will play a role in your presidency. Okay. First off, um, many can, some candidates have said that God's law trumps our country's law. Do you agree with that, and can you name a situation where that would be the case? Secondly, Mr. Cruz had said that he is a Christian first and American second. Does that hold true for you?
3: Well, first of all, Everybody, including atheists, live according to their faith. It's just what they decide to put their faith in. And everybody's actions are ruled by their faith and by their beliefs. Now, in my case, you know, I have strong faith in God and I live by godly principles of loving your fellow man, caring about your neighbor, developing your God-given talents to the utmost so that you become valuable to the people around you, having values and principles that govern your life. Uh, And that's going to dictate how I treat everybody. Fortunately, our Constitution, which is the supreme law of our land, was designed by men of faith. And it has a Judeo-Christian foundation. Therefore, there is no conflict there. So it is not a problem. Man, it's sleepy. <laughs> Does that answer your question? Yeah. No. Not so much.
2: Not so much. My question was, can you give me a situation where God's law trumps any, any law within our country? From your point of view.
3: Well, if we create laws that are contrary to the Judeo-Christian values that we have. Wait, what? Then I think that we should fight against those kinds of laws. Still not answering the question. I believe that we still have an obligation to obey the laws, whether we agree with them or not because otherwise we would be a lawless nation. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't fight against anything that we see as unjust. And we have the mechanisms built into our system to allow those protests to take place. And
2: then what are your thoughts on the question about Mr. Cruz's statement? About being a Christian first and an American second?
3: I would always say uh, Mr. Cruz can speak for himself.
1: so it's not a good sign when a presidential candidate can't can't answer a basic question (laughs) He, he was having a very difficult time just answering that basic question
0: he was sleepier than normal he long drawn out pauses in between his answer and also never got to the answer no can you think of a time when God's law trumps man's law, mm-hmm. he never, he never, <sighs> he never fucking came up with an answer. Exactly. Ludicrous. Well, he's not the only one, obviously, that who is saddling up to or pandering to the crazed religious right. Before the Iowa caucus, Ted Cruz had an event. I think it was the day before. May Yeah, it was the day before. Where Phil Robertson, the the Goddamn duck dynasty guy, the long bearded guy who talks about marrying your women when they're young teenagers because then they don't argue with you.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: He had some very... Goddamn, it is what is happening? He had some hateful, there's no other way, it's not just a difference of opinion. He had some hateful things to say about homosexuals and gay marriage. Don't you understand
3: that when a fellow like me looks at the landscape and sees the depravity, the perversion redefining marriage and
0: telling us that marriage is not between a man and a woman. Come on, Iowa. It's nonsense. It is evil. It's wicked. It's sinful.
3: And they want us to swallow it. You say, we have to run this bunch out of Washington, D.C. We have to rid the earth of them. Get them out of there. Ted Cruz loves God. He loves James Madison, and he's a strict constitutionalist.
0: We have to rid the earth of them. How is that to be interpreted other than death? Mm -hmm. Good riddance. Absolute getting rid of my kind.
1: I don't think there's any other option. I think that is what he meant.
0: How else is that to be taken? Goddamn. What a maniac this guy is who is the lead-in speech to Ted Cruz. Mm -hmm. Who just won Iowa. Who just won Iowa, who is going on to probably not win New Hampshire, but is going to fare very well, if not be the nominee for the Republican Party. Mm -hmm. Sickening. The question of God to the candidates is actually a big one right now. This was asked of Bernie Sanders, who gave maybe... The best answer, although still, in my opinion, mildly pandering, he gave this answer. You know, everybody um, practices religion in a different way. Uh, To me, I would not be here tonight. I would not be running for president of the United States if I did not have very strong religious and spiritual um, feelings. Uh, I believe that, um, as a human being, the pain that one person feels... If we have children who are hungry in America, if we have elderly people who can't afford their prescription drugs, you know what, that impacts you, that impacts me. And I worry very much about a society where some people spiritually say, it doesn't matter to me, I got it, I don't care about other people. So my spirituality is that we are all in this together, and that when children go hungry, when veterans sleep out on the street, it impacts me. That's my very strong spiritual experience. So still, he is not fully coming out and saying, yeah, I don't believe in God. Well, he can't. Absolutely. So it's still pandering, I believe. However, it is a massive step in the right direction.
1: Mm-hmm. Much closer to where we need to be.
0: Look, it's it's the first time I've ever heard a viable presidential candidate say anything of the sort. Mm-hmm. Well, back to the guy in Iowa who's asking all of the candidates the questions. He talked to Marco Rubio in a in a forum and a town hall meeting type of thing. And then most recently, as we've played, he talked to Ben Carson. Well, we wanted to have him on the show because this is <laughs> this is right right up my alley. Or is it down my alley? I think up. Either way, it's in my alley, r- real deep, in, in it. It, right in my alley. Yeah. Well, ju- we have Justin on the phone, and I want to welcome him, and also, I really want to take some time to thank him. How about I introduce him? Goddamn, this is like, uh, <laughs> I should act like I've done this before. Please. Justin, thank you for being here. We really appreciate you taking the time. How are you?
2: I'm uh, doing very well, you guys. Uh, thanks so much for reaching out, and getting me on skype for the first time ever
0: yeah it's 2016 i don't know if you've noticed uh it's about time
2: (laughs) yeah i know you know it's kind of hard it's kind of hard to look at the internet when you're still using (laughs) dial-up
0: you are in iowa after all
2: (laughs) i am and believe it or not we get electricity starting tomorrow
0: well that's good that's good so you're running on generator power now that's good
2: uh no, that's why I have three kids. They're actually in the back turning wheels to power this
1: phone call. <laughs> nice.
0: Well, listen, we've talked about you before, and I actually I have to in in the spirit of full disclosure, I kind of teased about your very the very first thing I saw, which was your Marco Rubio question, because you said I represent millions of atheists. And when we got done playing the clip and talking about it, I'm like, oh, who's this guy who represents? I had no idea that I was represented by this guy. So I have to say that I did. I made a little bit of fun. But having said that, I admire and I think what you're doing is spectacularly helpful and groundbreaking. <laughs>
2: I appreciate that, and, and the reason I said millions was because, honestly, I'm a photographer, and I'm not really good at math, and so I actually, <laughs> didn't know, I actually didn't know how many atheists there were in America, but I figured even, you know, there's, what, almost close to 400 million Americans, so I figured... A couple million sounds at least fair, right?
0: <laughs> well, they say yeah. not to get too technical with the numbers, but you know, there's uh, right around 310 to 320 million people in America, and right now they're doing studies that say that because people are afraid to talk about it or whatever, what, what's the sampling thing that they say, Brittany? What's the what's the type of thing, the secret, the super secret thing where they've kind of discovered that it's. Uh, more like 30% maybe. And it's just that they're afraid to to say that they're...
1: The unmatched counting technique.
0: That's right. See, that's why Brittany's here, because she's the brains. <laughs> Thanks, Brittany. And, and I, I just have the gift of running my fucking mouth. So, I thought
1: you were going to come up with it, so I was just waiting, waiting. <laughs> no.
0: So anyway, so there could be, there very well could be 30% of this country who are atheists. So for sure, you were asking a question for... You know, in the stead of many millions of people. So so what yeah. is? let me ask you how, because, you know, it's one of those things that, oh, fuck, why didn't I think of that? What led you to do this? What led you to go out there and take your time out of your day to, to track these knuckleheads down and ask them <laughs> questions?
2: Well, you know, the first thing that really appealed to me was that a lot of them like pizza shops. And so I said, well, even if they don't answer my question or even acknowledge me, at least I get free pizza out of the gig. So, (laughs) you know, when you are a starving artist like me um, and, you know, you live on crackers and and water, uh, no, but all seriousness, it was the pizza. It was I'm a political junkie um, and I'm a loud and proud atheist. And, you know, what I've kind of told people on this journey is that, it's not that you wake up one morning and say, oh, I don't believe in God. It's kind of this gradual thing. But then once you cross that line, I don't know, maybe I'm the only one. But I just thought, you know, what more? You know, it's kind of that saying, like, I'm an atheist. Now what?
0: No, And so awesome.
2: the, the thought that I had was, well, maybe I just marry my love for politics and my love for learning and seeking truth and reason and science and all those things and maybe do something big with it.
0: That's awesome. So I, I, what I want to kind of talk about, well, I want to talk about all of this shit, but w- what I've the moment that I saw this, uh, the first thing that I saw was the Marco Rubio video. And what struck me, and I really wanted to know the answer to was, what was the what was the temperature in the room? From everybody else who wasn't Marco Rubio. Because you see in the video, people are turning, they're, you know, craning their necks around to look at you like, who's this fucking tr- rabble rouser? Who's this troublemaker? <laughs> and there's a bunch of old turds in the audience, and there, you can tell that there's a, there's a palpable, there's a thick, angsty thing going on. What was right. it, what was it like when actually being in the room?
2: Yeah, very good question. Um, I won't say that it was the scariest. I'll say the Ted Cruz one, and I hopefully we'll cover that later. The Ted Cruz one was probably the one that had my heart beating the most. But back to the Rubio thing. So my exchange with Rubio was probably the eighth or ninth that I had done. So locals started picking up on who I was because, you know, It's not very often you go to these presidential events, especially on the Republican side, and see a dude standing there six feet tall with a beard wearing a t-shirt that says atheist voter. Um, To some of these people, I'm sure it came off as a giant middle finger to their face. But at the same time, I'm an American just like them, so I had every right to be there. With the Rubio event, it happened at a country club um, in a small town called Waverly, Iowa. Um, Yes, there were some old people there, but... For the most part when I first walked in, they were all friendly. I sat down by two, you know, older women. Um, we actually talked about politics and they said, "So, you know, do you like Rubio? What do you like so much about him? Don't you love <laughs> don't, don't you love that he's a good Christian?" And it's like at that moment I went Either they, they can't read or they just are oblivious to what the word atheist even means. Right. Maybe they just thought that I was wearing a shirt that said voter I mean, just in case the candidates don't realize that I'm a voter, you know, like I didn't know if they couldn't see it. But anyway, things did kind of change once I asked my question, because I started out every question with, hi, I'm an atheist. Yeah. And once they heard that, that's when the room just kind of went, "Okay, what the hell is this? Who the hell let this guy in? You know, that that was kind of the feel of it. But, you know. I commend Marco for taking the question head on. I don't agree with pretty much anything that he said other than reminding me that it's my First Amendment right to be an atheist. I guess I didn't know the Founding Fathers put it in the First Amendment that you have a right to be an atheist, but... It's a nice reminder. Know, according, to, according to Marco, that's a First Amendment right now, so dear atheists worldwide, you have a right to be an atheist well, because the First Amendment said so.
0: What struck me is how artfully, how adroitly he he switched it to yeah i'm a christian and even you atheist should appreciate my faith because it's going to make me a better president like come on dude you, you i'm wearing a fucking shirt this is atheist voter one i don't have to appreciate anything and two it's likely i'm not going to appreciate your ridiculous pernicious faith that i mean i i'm not speaking for you about how you feel about christianity but damn, right. dude. It's just it's pandering at, at, at the highest
2: order. So, oh, absolutely, you know, what I was going to add is it's almost as if a candidate was running to to attract or appeal to the voter of like Star Wars fans. You know, imagine if a candidate stood up there and said, I believe in the force and I have a book that says the force is real. Therefore, I believe in my lord and savior, Luke Skywalker. And therefore you should be happy that I believe in the force. I mean right. you could change out change out every word he said that dealt with Christianity and just plug in a Star Wars reference. And it sounds about the same.
1: Well, one thing that you said when you were talking about your interaction with the crowd at the Marco Rubio event was that wearing your atheist voter shirt was maybe a middle finger in their face to the, you know, Christians in the crowd. And I'm wondering if you think that your efforts in showing up there, being respectful, asking these questions are maybe normalizing atheism and atheists to these crowds, kind of showing that, hey, I can't recognize him. He doesn't have devil horns. He isn't scary looking. He looks like a normal guy. Do you think that they are kind of changing their minds about atheists, maybe through their interaction with you?
2: Maybe not changing their minds as much right now, but hopefully getting them to sit around the dinner table after these events and looking at their their spouse and saying, you know, one of them goddamn atheists was there. <laughs> and the husband was, the husband or, or wife looks at him and says, so, you know, what they look like? Well, I don't know. I mean, they had an Iowa Hawkeye hat on <laughs> and I had an Iowa Hawkeye shirt on. So, I mean, we like the Iowa Hawkeyes, but it's he's still one of those heathens. And it's like, but wait a minute. You know, we go we go and get the groceries. Our groceries at the same store. We like the same sports teams, like you just said. There's no Devil Horns. There's none of that.
0: You you didn't so, you didn't have uh, baby blood dripping from the corners of your mouth. You know, uh,
2: I did have I did have legs and hands hanging out of my pants. <laughs> I mean, so Uh-oh. those were appetizers for later. Well,
0: well, let me let me ask you. So how many how many candidates have you approached? Uh, with what I would consider a hyper-respectful uh, you know, uh, attitude and question. How, how many of you talked to? All of them. Every single one, huh? Wow. Every
2: single, single one of them, yep. Every single one of them. And uh, put them all on recording, and I made sure to include my question at the start on most of them, as well as me saying thank you at the very end. Um, because just like you know, you guys just asked, when viewers watch these videos it's not so much how the candidate answers or what they answer with but it's my demeanor and even if i you know disagree with the candidate in the middle of the exchange how am i inter- you know how am i disagreeing with them how am i bringing up my disagreement you know am i saying screw you asshole i don't agree with this you know I'll go read your bible again blah 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 or am i just saying that's not true you know with the ben carson event it was so wonderful because C-SPAN picked it up. Yeah. And so you have this video of me standing there, and um, you know he even stops in the middle of his uh, in the middle of his answer, and he says, "Did I answer your question?" And I said, "Well, no, you didn't. Here's what I actually was meaning." And then a representative from the Iowa Republican Party cut me off and said, "Stop asking questions. We're going to move on to somebody else." I guess it's fitting because the event was called "Trust in God" with Ben Carson. So. <laughs> Having an atheist be the first person to ask a question at an event like that really doesn't set the tone well for the rest of it.
0: Yeah. So, so let me ask you this. You've talked to them all, and we have talked on the show uh, what seems now ad nauseum about the, the, the like I said before, the temperature in the room, the the dangerous nature with which Donald Trump holds his events and all this. Did you, you alluded to it earlier, have you had a, a moment where you were like, oh, shit, this might turn, this might go sideways?
2: Yeah, you know, it was the Ted Cruz event. Um, it was at a very small coffee shop, probably just a half hour north of where I live. And I've, you know, I, I know enough about politics. I know where these candidates stand. So it's not the candidate themselves or what they believe, but it's the average person in the room that, you know, has nothing to lose and, and just took the day off, so what the hell? They don't care if they yell at an atheist. So I walk into the, this coffee shop, and it's packed wall-to-wall. I mean, we're elbow-to-elbow. And Ted Cruz walks in with a guy named Bob Vander Plaats, which is the gentleman that led the efforts to oust Supreme Court justices in Iowa a couple of years ago for supporting um, same-sex marriage. And then also Steve King, uh, the gentleman up in the Sioux City area. Congressman. Congressman, yeah, 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 that uh, basically despises gays, hates Obama, you know, says that gay marriage is going to lead to me marrying a lawnmower, things like that. <laughs> um, so these, these two gentlemen introduced Ted Cruz, so they're they're really getting these, uh, these people in the room fired up. And then all of a sudden, Mr. Cruz comes on, and the first thing he says is, God bless Iowa, and to this big roar of applause. And the whole time, you know, I'm wearing a Ted Cruz sticker to try to blend in. And I just felt it like burning my skin. <laughs> and finally, he says, we're going to put God back into this country. And we're going to do all these things. And the crowd goes and starts to buzz. And he says, OK, well, enough of that. I should open it up for questions. And I raise my hand and I start filming. And I say, Mr. Cruz, I have a question. And he goes, you go right ahead. <laughs> uh. and, I, and I say, hi, I'm an atheist. I said, you know, you've basically said a bunch of shitty things about us. Why should we vote for you? And you can immediately hear the crowd just go silent. <laughs> and I tell you, it was one of those moments I'll never forget. Because even after I was done asking the question, I was like, "All right, keep your eye open for pitchforks. They're right, coming." Right,
0: Did, did was, was anything said to you? Were you accosted? Were you?
2: I'm very proud to, to be in Iowan because my fear was totally irrational. Um, that's the, that's my favorite part about living in Iowa is we might disagree on a bunch of things, but it's one of those areas where it's so small that we're probably all related to one, one another <laughs> <laughs> somehow. And that sounds bad, but you know, everybody is a cousin to somebody up in Iowa. So I, it was pretty irrational on my part, but it was the moment that I felt like, oh, okay, here we go. Brittany and I, we, we kind
0: of, kind of identify we're both, we, we both live in the Los Angeles area now. But we're both from Idaho, mm-hmm. the other I-state. Yes. And, sure. and uh, I I identify 100%.
1: So I want to hear about how your interactions went with the Democratic candidates.
2: Sure. Um, I want to put out a disclaimer first that throughout this entire experience, I have been withholding my own personal opinions about this entire thing because the goal of trying to raise visibility for atheists and the atheist movement and secular values and things like that. Um, so even though it sounds like I'm picking on Republicans, um, I don't want it to put it, I don't want to put it out there that that's what I'm doing. I'm simply talking about my own personal feelings as I go into these events. Um, with the response from the Democratic side, blown away by their their responses, uh, they didn't pander to the Christian crowd. Or, or religious crowd for that matter. Um, all three of them did not go down the route of, well, it's your right not to believe.
3: Mm-hmm. You know,
2: I did find that very interesting, is that that was almost repeated by all of the Republican candidates. Uh, Martin O'Malley, I talked to him probably a year ago. I wasn't doing it with the atheist voter campaign, but I did still bring it up, gave a solid answer. Bernie Sanders. Talked to him actually the morning of the Ted Cruz event. I was uh, before I went and saw Ted Cruz. I was actually talking to Bernie Sanders about it. He gave a very strong response. You know, he said not only do we need to keep church and state separate, but we've seen other governments around the world that have you know intertwined religion into their politics, and we've seen what a disaster it's become. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm kind of paraphrasing. I don't know if he actually said disaster, but you know, to the effect of how important it is that we keep them separate. Yeah. The one thing I did want to comment about Hillary Clinton was the fact that fast forwarding a couple more candidates, I was able to go talk to or try to talk to Rand Paul on the Republican side. And I was really interested to hear what Rand Paul had to say, because he's kind of the fringe candidate. You know, he doesn't he doesn't really fit into the the Republican Party and he doesn't really fit into the Democratic Party. He
1: comes off as more reasonable.
2: Well, seems like he would be the type, because he's such a constitutional guy, I, I really felt like he would really take on my question. Mm-hmm. Right. He flat out ignored me. Wow. And at, and at first, he tried shrugging it off as if, well, I'm taking photos with voters, and I understand that. I've been to enough of these events. I get what they're trying to do. But when he was done with it, I then approached him again, and he shrugged me off and didn't look at me, didn't make eye contact with me, so on and so forth. Then as he was leaving, I just said, hey, Mr. Mister Paul, do you have any comment about separation of church and state or why atheists should vote for you? Doesn't even look at me, doesn't acknowledge me, just runs out of the building. Wow. And this, and this was at a student center at a college here, probably 10 minutes away. So I just didn't understand that. The reason I bring that up is because I was so impressed with Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton was working the fence line. She had every reason to ignore me because it wasn't a press meet and greet, you know, it wasn't. It was supposed to be shaking hands with fans and taking photos and making them feel important. And I walked up to her with my smartphone running. And I said, you know, Secretary Clinton, I have a quick question for you. She literally stops taking pictures with this lady and says, hey, hold on a second. This gentleman has a question. So right away, I'm thinking, wow, that's kind of nice. And I said, hey, you know, there's been a lot of lawmakers that have devised uh, laws that are discriminatory and they're based on religious beliefs. How do we stop that? And it's not so much what she said, but it's the fact that as a candidate for the highest office in the world, she took the time to answer it. And I think that's all that atheists in the non-theistic community asks for. We're not looking for a perfect answer. We're not looking for the best answer ever. You know, we're not looking for her to like do a Scooby-Doo moment and pull a mask off and say, "Hi, oh, I'm an atheist too." Guess what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but we're. Just, Although that we're, would be nice. Yeah, it'd be amazing. I, I can't wait for Donald Trump at the very end to be like, ha-ha, gotcha, you know?
0: Yeah, well, but, he's his Scooby-Doo moment isn't going to be one of the good guys. It's going to be, you damn kids, It's he's <laughs> going to be the fucking guy who was the ghost all, all along.
2: Or, or you know what he's going to be, is he's going to be an illegal immigrant himself. <laughs> Seriously. And Mary, no disrespect no disrespect to immigrants out there, because I, I feel you're, you know, I, I empathize with what they're going through. But that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking he's going to rip that mask off and at the very end be like, ha ha, I got gotcha, you. I'm from Costa Rica, <laughs> you know. So, so so let me ask you
0: this. Are you I'm the king of segues, by the way. This is no segue required. Are you uh, are you comfortable saying who you uh, who you caucused
2: for? I am as long as people understand that when I put on this atheist voter t-shirt I am no longer a supporter of a candidate. You know, when I when I put this atheist voter t-shirt on I'm trying to represent all of us no matter if you love guns, hate guns, love gay marriage, hate gay marriage. That that's not my thing, you know. So my personal thing has nothing to do with any of this. You
0: really tr- you really tried to approach it from a journalistic standpoint then.
2: Absolutely. And thank you for saying that, because I actually spent probably two to three years right out of high school working for a small newspaper. And I, I did go back to how they taught me to, you know, conduct yourself when you talk to folks. So with that said, um, I'm a Bernie Sanders supporter. I was a precinct captain for him. I had planned on doing this even before I got into this whole atheist voter thing. Um, but I'll tell you, when Bernie was put on the spot about his religion on Jimmy Kimmel, and he came out and basically said, listen, religion is everybody's own thing, but I'm not going to use it in my lawmaking. And then recently when he came out and he said, you know, I'm not involved in organized religion. Yeah, I mean, other issues aside, holy cow, to have a candidate that comes out and says that, I mean, that's, that's amazing. But I'm not, like, I'm not the type that's going to vote for him just because he said those things. You know, there's a variety of other things that I like about that, that he's proposed. Um, It's no different than women that are supporters of Hillary Clinton that say, I'm voting for her because she's a woman. Yeah. I'm, not do- yeah. I'm not doing that with Bernie.
0: Well, even last night at the town hall in New Hampshire, Hillary Clinton, and I'm no fan of Hillary Clinton. I, my audience well knows that I, I actually lean a little bit more conservative than your typical atheist. That is why this entire production, this podcast got started is because I never heard my worldview, my political viewpoint, Ever talked about it. I wasn't represented in the media, so what better way than to just fucking get out there and do your own thing? So, so let me ask you when you talked to Trump, because we've talked a lot on the show about what a fucking orange faced mook and buffoon he is, and there has been a lot of cases where, you know, uh, peaceful, silent Muslims who just stand up in the audience with a t shirt they get run out of there and they're they, they seem to be because it's on video they seem to be in possible danger what was the event that you went to because he only does rallies he only does large groups and what was the what was the 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 set, how how was the room
2: so the, the place that they had it at was called the West Gym, and this was on the campus of Northern Iowa in Cedar Falls. Um, the West Gym is where the university used to hold a lot of their sporting events um, before they started really investing money into nice facilities. You know, the older type of floors, the wooden floors, they could only let 500 people on the floor because they were afraid it was going to cave in, which looking back on it, had Trump caved in, I don't know how many people would have had a problem with it.
3: <laughs> um, right, right. But
2: that's not here, no there, but... Anyway, I just knew that it was going to be a different type of rally when I started hearing the PA system start to say, Donald Trump believes in freedom of expression, but this is a private event that Donald Trump has paid for. So if you are going to protest, expect to get kicked out. And so I just thought, wow, you know, I've been going to rallies the last, what, three to four election cycles, and I have never heard, I've never heard them start off with that announcement. And so I even thought me just wearing the atheist voter T-shirt was going to get me kicked out. But, you know, it didn't happen. I will say that a lot of what he talked about got the crowd riled up, you know. The thing that struck me, though, is this idea of him being a politician. I mean, he's not. He just is a rambling guy. I mean, he just rambles. (laughs) Yeah, no shit. and it just seems as if he's just a pinball that just gets thrown around based on what's going on in his head. I mean, at one point he was at one point he was reading this poem. I guess it's a classic poem about an old lady that picks up a snake and says, Oh, poor snake, come here, you're you're starving and you're this and that. I mean, Donald Trump even got his little reading glasses out and I went, What, what in the hell is this? I mean, can you imagine being his grandson sitting on his lap listening to him just go? The entire, but, you know, the
0: entire thing is a fucking spectacle. It has been yeah, from it the really beginning. Is.
2: It really is. And the thing that really pissed me off was that he doesn't do town halls because then he never has to get pinned down by anybody. Right. And and so you kind of joked about being the king of segues. Well, he's the king of, like, being a blowhard.
0: Well, it's no you know? surprise that the guy who operates his entire existence in campaign using word salad, it's no surprise that his – the most – star-studded endorsement that he's gotten is the queen of fucking word salad Sarah Palin
2: yeah I mean that was that was as effective as like stupid endorsing dumb (laughs) I mean mean, seriously like (laughs) I don't even know how to describe what that was like.
1: So something I'm always curious about, I'm looking at your selfies with Ted Cruz and Rick Santorum. Do you think that these people genuinely have these beliefs or do you think sometimes they're pandering to the crowd and kind of upping the ante a little bit just to get people excited and and vote for Um, them?
2: Very good question. You know, if it would have been a town hall, I would have just asked him straight up, Mr. Trump, are you an atheist? Mm -hmm. And uh, I really do feel like he panders. And, and the funniest part for me personally is that a couple days after he ignored me, so here's how it happened. He worked the fence line. I happened to be up front, shook his hand, took that selfie with him, and I said, uh, hey, would you mind signing an autograph? Because, again, I'm still a political junkie. I want to look back on this and show my kids you know, that I got a chance to do this. But as he was signing the autograph, I'm videotaping him, and I said, Mr. Trump, you know, when you become president, how will you stand up or you know, uphold or strengthen the separation of church and state? And he does that stupid nod and goes, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so he starts signing the autograph. For and I mean, obviously this only happened in a matter of seconds, but this was my, this is how I recall it. I said, Mr. Trump, you know, did you hear me? And he goes, mm-hmm.
3: And that's uh... it? And I'm like
2: waiting, like waiting. And so finally he gets done. And I said, you know, Mr. Trump, and I'm ready to ask it again. He reaches over and taps me in the arm and he says, you take care now and walks away. What? Well, it was so great because a couple days later he flies out to Liberty University. Oh, yeah. Um, I use the word university very, very lightly.
0: As well you should.
2: And he messes up the second Corinthians part mm-hmm. where he calls it two Corinthians.
0: Right. Yes. Yeah, we covered it.
2: For sure we covered it. <laughs> sure yeah, we covered I, you it. Know, that'd be like me walking around with a Darth Vader suit on saying, you know, live long and prosper. <laughs>
0: Let me uh, let me ask you. You started this as a as is an individual guy out there. What kind of support have you gotten from the? Uh, I I I hesitate to use the phrase, but like the the atheist organization, like the larger, more organized, um, you know, American atheist or or humanist association. What what kind of support have you gotten from them?
2: Sure. Well, like you said, when I did this, I was kind of just that crazy activist slash Iowa voter that just wanted a free piece of pizza and and wanted the chance to go up and talk to these folks. And when I got home, I sent an email to Hemet Mehta, the Friendly Atheist, just kind of being this proud, you know, first time out of the closet atheist thinking, oh, man, here's this great thing. I wonder if anybody cares. And the response I got from Hemet was incredible. I mean, he responded back saying, oh, this is good stuff. Like, do you have more? Are you going to go talk to other candidates? And at the time, I wasn't even thinking down the road. I was just thinking, hey, I went and talked to Rick Santorum. And we ended up moving back to a bigger city where all of a sudden all these presidential candidates were flocking. And I thought, you know, I should try this again just to see what happens. And time after time after time, I would start putting it out there. And then I thought, well, let's go big with it. And I sent an email to David Silverman. I mean, here's David Silverman, the president of one of the largest atheist organizations out there. And I'm thinking, he's not going to see this. Why am I doing this? Holy crap. I mean, I had emailed him before the Donald Trump event. And I said, hey, this is what I've been doing. Do you guys think this is cool? I mean, am I doing it right? Am I going to get in trouble? And they responded back saying, listen, we're here for you. Whatever you need, let us know. And I just kind of said, well, I'm getting tired of not wearing anything that says anything. you know." And I think the next day I had a box and it had t-shirts and buttons and rally signs and that's awesome oh it was amazing and it really made me feel like this truly is a community this really is a group of people we may not agree on all issues you know even like you and i politically we're on opposite ends of the spectrum but at the end of the day but at the end of the day if somebody were to come in from the government and say uh guess what you two you're atheists get the fuck out of here you know damn straight you and i would rally behind that and say Okay, we're not taking this shit.
0: Right. I I'm, I'm rallying even when they're trying to kick Muslims out of the country. When when that exactly. when that conversation's having, you know, it's it's as I say all the fucking time that is pernicious and is runs counter to who we are as Americans. Yeah. And it are you know the, the the phrase gets tossed around that so and so would be rolling over in their grave. God damn. Th- that absolutely our founders would have lo- lost their. They would be losing their collective dead minds if they knew that this is where we were. This conversation was even being entertained.
2: Right. I agree. I agree. And you know it's, what's really funny is many of the founding fathers, and I don't want to get and you know go down this rabbit hole, but many of the founding fathers did not want this to be a Christian nation. Right. Not, not to pick on Christianity, but I, and I think in a lot of ways, a lot of religions are cuckoo. For Cocoa puffs. I mean, I think a lot of them are just batshit crazy, but that doesn't mean that you go after the people that believe in them. You know, when 9-11 happened, I think it was easy for Americans to say, oh, fuck all you Muslims, get out of here. But here we are 15 years later, and we have the guy that's leading a presidential party, you know, for their nomination saying those things. And people are resonating with it. I just don't get it. I mean, I do, but I, I just don't, like you're saying.
0: It, scare, it scares me a lot, uh, especially having been a guy who used to, no longer, it's been a long time, but used to identify, self-identify as a Republican, a proud Republican. And if, if you search my name on OpenSecrets.com, you see the, 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 the actual money that I've donated two republican candidates and events it's and this is not the republican party of my childhood this is this is a different fucking thing that started in about 1980 with the reagan revolution and i have fond feelings for reagan having he's the president of my childhood but it's not the same party anymore this is a different fucking animal i agree it's it's it's
2: it's scary it is. You know, I grew up, my dad was a um, sold life insurance and whatnot. And so I, I grew up under the idea that Bill Clinton is bad and, you know, we need people like Ronald Reagan. And I remember the first time I ever voted uh, was the Bush um, Gore election and I voted for George Bush. So here I am 16 years later as a uh, outspoken atheist, uh, progressive Bernie Sanders supporter and the first person I ever voted for was George Bush. Yeah. And I can I totally agree with what you're saying. I mean, this is not what they, they you know that old saying about this isn't your grandfather's whatever. You know, this <laughs> definitely isn't this definitely isn't the grandfather's Republican Party because a lot of those Republicans could be considered Democrats now.
0: Well, listen, if uh, I I don't want to end this without taking the opportunity to to thank you because a lot of people will will well not our audience, but a lot of people probably see the videos of you asking the questions and as I mentioned, they'll probably think you're just a rabble rouser or just a fucking troublemaker. but we owe you a thanks for this reason and it's because you you've, you've found a voice, you've found um, not to be pejorative about it, but you're 15 minutes and people are noticing you and and here's the deal. you're normalizing atheism you're giving hope to people who might be on the fringes people who who might be on teetering between faith between belief and unbelief and you're giving them confidence that oh shit it's okay if i come out because other people are out there there is a network there is a community a supportive community that i could become a part of and, and I, I appreciate it very much
2: well thank you so much and i was just going to add you know, it's funny. Yesterday, I had a call from some guy I'd never met, lives in Montana, somehow called 411 and got my phone number and just wanted to call and say thank you for what I had done and uh, said that his family are all devout Christians and he's scared to come out. And, you know, he he agrees with everything that I've said. And the thing that I told him was, if you really want to thank me, when these candidates come to enroll into your town, get off your ass, grab your smartphone and do exactly what I did. Because the minute that I start to see Montana senior, who's also an atheist goes out and questions, you know, Marco Rubio, let's just have this happen, you know, state after state after state. And then you want to talk about normalizing atheism. They'll stop saying that an atheist confronted them. And I'm using the quotation fingers because we're not confronting, we're, we're you know, taking on our, our civic duty as Americans. So Absolutely. whatever I can do, I feel like it's just a small part of this whole thing.
0: Has Hey, listen, uh, has, has the Marco Rubio campaign said anything to you or uh, a touched, touched made any contact with you about the fact that they uh, – Dan Errol, who is a, a well-known and he has some notoriety as an atheist. He, he's been writing and talking about the fact that uh, Marco Rubio stole your video and, and posted it, took it off YouTube and then posted it on his own campaign YouTube channel. Have they, did they ask you permission? Did that, what did they, uh, how'd that go down?
2: Yeah, it was very interesting. Um, To date, the only interaction that I've had with the campaign was the day that I asked Marco Rubio that question. But it's funny that a video that was uploaded from my smartphone directly to my YouTube channel suddenly magically appeared on their YouTube channel, wasn't linked to mine, had been uploaded under their name. And uh, was on their Facebook page, separate, not linked to mine. Again, um, so after 10 million views on their Facebook page and almost 200,000 on theirs, you know, I'll let the listeners be the judge as to whether the Rubio camp stole my video. Um, you know, if they're getting any ad dollars on YouTube, I wouldn't mind seeing a portion of it. You know, just considering I was the one that went out and did the work, but. You know, At the end of the day, that's 10 million more people that get to see that there are atheists out there that are respectful and can ask really smart questions and aren't just rabble-rousers.
1: It's interesting to me that he would share the video like he's proud of his answer because his answer was not good. So, <laughs> kind of interesting.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, to each their own, if that's how they want to run their campaign, by all means, go ahead. What I've been telling... Uh, the folks at american atheist is if they want me to come out and have another marco rubio moment they you know i'd certainly jump on a plane and go help them all of a sudden you start you start seeing my ugly mug in every state across the country that would be pretty funny (laughs)
0: uh so um is there listen i know you're you, you you you're a freelance guy you you don't have your traditional nine to five uh is there anything that uh that you're doing you want to plug is there any uh Anything you want to talk about?
2: You know, my biggest thing is I see a real opportunity out there for me to share my story. Um, and not even at, in a career format, but I mean, don't get me wrong, I love talking, as you can tell. And if people across the country are interested in hearing this story or have a group of voters that want to hear how I did it or why I did it in more detail, and they want it, they want me to actually sit down and go through it with them, you know, I, I'm definitely up for going out and and discussing this and sharing this and giving speeches about it and doing that type of thing, because, you know, it, it just seems like for all the Hemet Metas and the David Silvermans and you guys, there are so many people out there that just don't have access to that. I mean, and they want more than just a podcast, or they want more than just my YouTube videos. They actually want to talk to me and be inspired by it and know how to go out and do it on their own. So, I mean, by all means, hit me up. I can give you all my contact info and, I would love to come travel the country and share my story.
0: Well, this is, this has turned into something in in, in, uh, this particular thing we're doing right now. We're talking this, this conversation has turned into something uh, a little longer and quite a bit better than I thought it would go. So what we're going to do, I'm going to release this as its own standalone thing. It's going to be a bonus episode on the show. And then also we will, we will add your contact information in the show notes so anybody who is looking, whether it be Iowa or that part of the country or whatever, who wants to contact you and maybe get involved, because community organizing and, like I said before, normalizing atheism, especially where it relates to the government and politics and having our voices heard is super important. And I would encourage everybody to come out of the closet and be, who, like you said earlier, loud and proud atheists. I don't know if that was... If that was on mic or off mic. But I am that. Brittany is that. And it's not that if you're quiet about your beliefs or lack of belief that it's bad. But it's so much better to be a part of a community. And it really is going to move our country forward by leaps and bounds when politicians who pander know that, that is a, a, a large swath of constituency that they are ignoring if they, you know, do the Ted Cruz thing of God bless America and everything else.
2: Right. Well, let me just share something very personal. I mean, don't get me wrong. It is scary as fuck to go out and be an atheist, especially in eastern Iowa. I mean, I, I've been telling you guys that when I go to these things, you know, they're cool with me, whatever, but there's going to come a time where somebody's going to have a real problem with it. Mm -hmm. And I get that. But at the end of the day, and and I don't want to compare our struggles with the civil rights movements because the civil rights movement was so much more than this, because I mean, we're we're not getting sprayed down with garden hoses and we're not having police dogs be, you know, let loose on us. And we're not being accused of raping white women and then sentenced to death and all those types of things. Right. When you think about what Martin Luther King did, if I can even just tap into an ounce of that courage and say, I don't give a shit what you do to me. I don't care what threats you launch at me. At the end of the day, when I'm six feet under, can people look back and look at the legacy that I left and say, you know what? He did his part. He was fearless when he did it. He reached out to this whole community and however he could and in whichever way he could do it and tried to inspire others to do it. I mean, for me, that's the best part, is looking back and knowing that when my kids are older, when they're in high school, I mean, my kids are, I have three kids, and they're all five years old and younger. They don't even have a grasp of this. But like, I was just talking to one of their teachers this morning, and I said, hey, I haven't introduced my kids to the whole concept of God yet, and I know there's a lot of kids in your classroom that have probably already received First Communion and go to church every Sunday. And I just said, I'm an atheist. You know, when you're when your students start to talk about God, if my kid sits there and gives this weird look like what the hell are they talking about? Don't make him feel stupid. Don't make him feel like he's not, you know, a good kid or anything. I said just explain to him that some some families talk about God and other families don't. But I want to normalize it like you guys said because You know, you guys can preach and preach and preach and have, you know, hundreds of thousands of listeners all over the country. But in these small communities where maybe they've never heard of you and no offense to you guys. But you know how this goes. If they don't have anybody in their ear saying it's okay, it's fine. You know, I've got you. I've got your back. If I can serve as that in even a small way. And then the only other thing I was going to add is the Washington Post just interviewed me. And one of the uh, questions they had was you know, how, what kind of impact do you think this has on the political race? I said, you know, it may not impact it now because a lot of these reporters are saying, oh, he was just, he was just putting out gotcha questions and blah, 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 blah. (laughs) What happens if maybe two election cycles down the road, we start to hear something like, well, did candidate XYZ pander enough to the secular crowd? You know, I would love, I would love that. Could you imagine well, it's all be... it's
0: all part of the normalization process. You you you, you may be the the trickle as the, as the dam gets ready to break. Some water has to come out first before the, 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 the entire thing collapses. And you might be that trickle. And goddamn, dude, it's
2: absolutely it's, man, it's
0: real, real good.
2: They talk about the butterfly that flaps his wings. Well, maybe I'm just the butterfly that farted, you know, like <laughs>
0: Well oh hang on. We've got a listener, uh Deborah in Washington, who just let us know yesterday that does not uh, like that talk. She is not a fan of the poop and fart humor. So this this <laughs> this is more evidence that Deborah, if you're listening, you see here it is funny. Farts are funny. Bathroom humor, despite everything that Britney says, it's funny. <laughs> and that actually is the perfect place. I wanted to go out on an inspirational note, like something really just magnificent that you said. But there, that actually is in true form with the show.
2: <laughs> We're going to well, end if it there. I can nor- if I can normalize it so that atheists are funny too, like, hey, <laughs> then, I've re- then I've really done something good.
0: That's my fucking job. Stay in your lane, Justin. <laughs> All right, listen, hey, we appreciate you. If there's anything you ever need, if you're if you're looking for, for an outlet for anything you're doing, hit us up. You've got the email. Uh, if anybody ha- wants to communicate as using us as a conduit, 657-464-7609. Of course, you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to I doubt it at Dollamore.com. You got the Facebook page, you got Twitter. We uh, we're looking forward to your questions, Justin. Thanks a lot. We appreciate you coming on, and uh, Godspeed.
2: Thanks so much, you guys.
0: Well, what do you think of that? Pretty good.
1: Yeah, he was great.
0: Yeah, uh, it's not often that you get a guy who isn't real media savvy
3: mm-hmm. who
0: comes on and is super. It's like he's it's it's second it's second nature to this guy. Yeah, he is a great mouthpiece for atheism, mm-hmm. and. Uh, He's a handsome bearded guy too.
1: <laughs> Even better.
0: <laughs> so absolutely we thank him we're going to put his his uh, information in the show notes and that is going to do it for this special Patreon teaser bonus episode of the show. We thank you guys every time we say it goddamn it doesn't get any truer. It is a beautiful thing here that we're doing, moving the conversation forward. Thank you for all you do for us. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your listenership. We love you. Until next time, for Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollamore, and this has been
2: I Doubt It. Gay marriage is going to lead to me marrying a lawnmower, things like that. (laughs)